Amen. So I want you to give a blazing fire. Warm welcome to Bill Hernandez. forward to uh, sharing with you all today. And um, before I get started, I want to turn this contraption on here. There's all these contraptions. Okay. There we go. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I really feel like the Lord was telling me that, you know, there's He's really going to touch our hearts today. I really feel that we're, the times that we're in are pretty amazing. And I think we're about to enter into even more amazing. And, um, and so I just wanted to share about that and how we can prepare. But before that, last, four, uh, last Sunday was Mark's um, uh, 14 years to the day, last Sunday, 14 years, since I uh, had a heart attack. And I flatlined two times. And, uh, you know, I was I got a terrible stomach ache, and then 45 minutes later, they take me to the hospital. Actually, we were at church, and I was there. I was at the office, and I was telling them, I saw Michael Brodeur, and I was just telling... The people I said, I got something terrible is happening to me. I don't know what, something feels bad. Something feels really, really bad. And so they started doing like the five-step prayer model thing on me. You know, they go, how long has this been hurting you? I go, Uh, how can we pray for you? You know, what would you like us to do for you? You know. And I broke out in a sweat, and I said, take me to the hospital, you know. So um, they take me to the hospital. So the five-step prayer model almost killed me. <laughs> the five-step prayer model, that's the prayer model that they have at the, at the vineyard developed that. You go through these different steps when you're praying for healing for people. Oh, my God, you know. As soon as I got there, I, draw, uh, I flatlined. And um, as soon as I lay down on the bed, I was unbuttoning my shirt because I didn't want them to cut cut it into it. They said, "They said, no, Mr. Hernandez, you don't have to do that." I said, "This is a brand new shirt. It's my favorite shirt." I would have these moments when I would just come alive, you know. I go, "Not the shirt." So I und- I unbutton it. And the next moment, there's a, a mask is coming off of my face, and the defibrillator is sitting next to me. I, so I don't remember the moment that I actually flatlined or died, I guess, you know? It's like going to sleep. You don't remember the moment you fall asleep. That's what, exactly what it was like. So they, were work, they worked on my heart. While I, were working, I was getting the angioplasty and getting a couple of stents put, uh, installed, I flatlined a second time. And so two times... Two times I dropped. And so uh, it was quite miraculous that they brought me back. And so it happened to be that that day the cardiologist 
uh, the teacher or the professor for cardiology at San Francisco U was there that very day. And there was practically no one in emergency, so I had all the nurses to myself. <laughs> and so... Uh, <laughs> that just kind of came out weird, but anyway... <laughs> They actually had me because I was out, you know. And so um, so people always ask me, did you see a light or anything like that? And I go, I, no, I didn't see no light. I didn't see Jesus or anything like that. However, the Lord was, spoke to me very, very clearly. And he said, and he told me, he said, all the ministry that you've done, that's okay. And I'm just thinking, oh, okay. You mean like it wasn't like amazing, you know? Like it wasn't incredible, you know? He said, it was all, it's all good. It was good. But the most important thing in life, the most important thing is intimacy between you and I because no one can take that away from you. You can never lose that. And then he sh- all, that was one thing. And another thing that he shared was, he said, everything that you have, your body, the relationships that you're at, the things that you own, everything is on loan to you. It's on loan to you. And then and then he said just think of it this way that the world around you, your body, everything is a glove and you are the hand in that glove. And when I tell the hand to come home, the glove stays behind. And I go, "Wow, I'm just going, whoa." And I was concerned about not having my affairs in order, you know, like a, a will and stuff like that, you know, I I give nothing to this person. I give this person everything. I didn't have any will of any kind. And so uh, the Lord said, it doesn't really matter that you didn't have your affairs in order. He says, because it's the lot of those that stay on earth. It's their stewardship for what's here on earth. And you're no longer the steward of what's left behind. So it doesn't matter. I go, yeah, it doesn't matter. And so ever since then, I have not been afraid of of death. The only thing I'm afraid of is getting mangled and suffering for a while before I die. I want to be like Enoch, you know, he just, he was, he was no more, you know, or like Yoda. Remember Yoda? You know, he, he just kind of like disappeared and there was just a blanket that stayed behind. That's what I, that's what I want. Yes. Yes, and so uh, uh, so what's happened is that, you know, um, as a result of that, you know, they give you all these pills and everything, and they say, by the way, you need to work on your diet, you know, just low-cal. And then they give you all these pills that actually make it impossible for you to, uh, to, to lose weight or you keep your weight off because it slows down your metabolism. I said, good God, why didn't they say that? Why didn't they say, these pills will make you fat? Anyway... They didn't say that. And so I uh, was struggling with that. And then after a while, I didn't really care. And then uh, before I knew it, I just was eating, overeating too much, too many portions, three to 5,000 calories a day. And, you know, everything was delicious to me. And I just loved to cook and everything. So I was dangerous in the kitchen, mostly to myself. And so um, it wasn't unusual to eat a whole pizza in one sitting, but that was that was after the guacamole dip, you know. <laughs> but the guacamole dip came after the onion dip, the homemade onion dip with the sour cream and the Lipton soup thing. So it was really, 
Not unusual for me to eat like that. Seriously, I had lots of stuff. I gained a, a lot of weight. I ballooned, and I got bloated. And you probably have all noticed. So anyway, I have lost about thirty-seven pounds. And I've discovered uh, that there is an, that we all have an inner cookie monster. I call it the inner cookie monster. And what happens is that the cookie monster is, uh, this is in maintaining your eating habits, is that if you eat sugar and if you eat sugar and carbs and stuff like that, carb calls into carb. <laughs> sugar calls into sugar. And it does something to your mental, your brain, subconsciously, uh, your craving. You, you eat a cookie and then the next couple of days you want to eat a pie, you want to eat pizza, bread, you want to eat candies and coconut, whatever, you know, coconut cream pies and stuff like that. Because you put the sugar in your system and it wakes up something and I call it the cookie monster. The cookie monster wants more cookies. Right? So I just discovered just recently I was... Uh, uh, I like to uh, have some, you know, the, the what's it called, the decaf, decaffeinated chai tea from Good Earth Delicious, right? So I said, you know, this like needs some milk in it or something. I said, oh, I got some creamer. So I just put in some powdered creamer into it. And I've just been pouring in tons of it, you know, make it nice and rich, right? And all of a sudden I'm craving things. And I didn't know why I was craving. I said, I haven't had a cookie. I didn't eat a pie I didn't eat ice cream. I'm not, why am I craving? Why I'm just, you know, I'm just finding, having myself having these urges to go and get a donut, get something. You know, I think I'll I'll bake a whole loaf. And I couldn't, I said, I know what this is. I've woken up the cookie monster, but what in the heck woke it up? I couldn't figure it out. And I said, hmm, I wonder. And I look on the back of that creamer, that powdered creamer, and it, the first ingredient, corn syrup solids. I go, oh my, that was it. So what I did, so I, just to experiment, I, try, I didn't have any. I, I, I abstained from it one day, and the next day I wasn't having those cravings. They were gone completely. Out went the creamer. It's gone. No more. So that's what I've discovered. I discovered that Sugar calls unto sugar. Carbs call into carbs. And so if you know that, the, the consequences of, of bringing in that sugar is you're going to want to have more. And before you know it, you get bloated and you start wearing tarps. <laughs> this shirt, I took it in four inches. I did. I, I bought, went and bought a sewing machine. Instead of throwing away all my tarps, I now brought them all in with a sewing machine. And it's wonderful. Okay, so... Anyway, um, some people say, oh, you don't want to get any thinner. You know, you don't, you know, you don't want to lose too much weight. You look fine. You don't want to get any thinner. I go, I beg your pardon? I guess I do. <laughs> I want to disappear. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so enough, enough of that. Um, anyway, I wanted to 
really kind of uh, today, uh, um, I wasn't quite sure what to um, title this message, and I was going to title it, Get Off of That Thing, Get Up Off of That Thing, but I decided I'm going to do priming the, church, priming the Pump, or no, serve, Priming the Pump and Serving the Body. Priming the Pump and Serving the Body. So that's what I'm going to call it. I think it's better than get up off of that thing. I really believe that God is on the move, and I know that we all have when we've been hearing it over and over again, that he's doing something, and we're feeling it in the air. We're feeling something in the air that he's going to start, he's going to move. He's going to do, he's going to start doing something. I'm not quite sure what it is, you know, but I know that there's going to be miracles and healings. I think that that's what we're going to be seeing. We're going to be seeing some very amazing things. So we're already beginning to see some stuff, you know, but we're going to be entering into an era where everyone is going to be activated to, to be doing things. And so I feel like, uh, you know, I've, I was thinking about uh, what, what has God called us to do? What, what does, has God called us to do? And um, in Matthew 28, um, uh, there's the Great Commission. He says, go and make disciples of all nations and teach all that I have shown you. That's the Great Commission. So that's what he's called every single one of us to do. And then also, uh, I looked up, I said, well, what else? You know, I know that Jesus said, love one another just as I have loved you. That's what it says in John fifteen twelve. So I looked it up. I decided to do a look up on my iPad to see where that scripture exactly was, right? And I came up with several pages of those references where Jesus is saying over and over and over throughout all the Gospels, love one another, love, honor, Love and serve. Love, 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 love. We're called to love. Basically love one another. That's our great calling. And we all want to do something. Some of us are want to be activated in the church or in ministry or something. I know some of you are hungering. Lord, what, what, can, what can I do? And so what can I do specifically? And I feel like the Lord was just kind of showing me that more often than not, we are expecting something to be done to us when we go to church and we're involved in ministry and stuff like that. We want someone else to tell us what to do. We want someone to speak into our lives specifically and say, you're going to go and evangelize, go do this and such. You're going to go, you go heal, and you're going to be laying hands on people. You are going to be a, a preacher. You're going to be whatever. You're going to be serving in an amazing way. So I felt like the Lord was saying that we are have a tendency to be really kind of passive. We're expecting something to happen to us and at us. When I feel like the Lord is showing me, he says, you know what? I've already done something to you. I've saved you, and I've put my spirit into you. 
They said, you've got the goods. And uh, that, um, yeah, that, that, you, that each one of us here in this room has everything that we could ever possibly want. But uh, I think uh, sometimes where some of us want something really spectacular in serving the Lord, some, some kind of an amazing ministry of some sort. But also I feel like the Lord was showing me that some people don't believe in themselves. You don't believe in yourself. That some people don't believe in your value. You don't believe in your value. You don't believe that you can be used by God. You don't believe you are anointed. You don't believe you will make a difference. And so, um, and that's in comparing yourself to other, other people. And so as a result of that, it's easy to become discouraged and say, well, you know, I, you know, since I'm a nothing and a nobody and I'm just a regular attender or whatever, we'll just do the status quo in life, become kind of passive and just kind of we'll go to work, we'll, we'll go eat, we'll sleep, we'll take care of the kids, we'll you know, take, take out the dog, you know, and um, attend to our spouse. Actually, you should attend to your spouse before the dog. And... <laughs> Go to, you know, go to church, tithe, just kind of do all of these things and then start the cycle all over again and not really do a whole lot with our, our lives because we don't think that we can or we don't think that we matter or that we, don't, we think, might think we don't have anything to give. So what happens is this kind of a, you probably hear the word complacent, we become complacent, but just passive or just, you know, we just come, become bumps on a log. And then we become spectators. We become spectators in the church. And so, um, and I feel like the Lord is saying, I don't want you to be a spectator. But I know that you have heard this story before. You know, you've, you've heard this kind of message before where so many times people are just doing the bare minimum, you know, and, but the Lord wants us to do more. But I feel like, I feel like for right now that this is a kind of a living word, a living rhema word for now, is that that this is that behavior, that attitude, or that thinking, that kind of thinking, that it is no longer acceptable. I feel that it is no longer acceptable for you to be in that place, to be in that passivity. But it's now it's time to activate to become activated. And the thing is that we go through fallow times. It's easy. We we can go through a a fallow times. And a fallow time is like you've probably heard when they plant fields and they they produce crops, but then there's a time when they let it rest and it's not growing anything. It's just basically just kind of like growing weeds. And so, or, or growing nothing, but it's just getting replenished with minerals and whatever. It's just getting, and, and, and fertilizer, it's just getting replenished. So a, mo, a lot of us here, you've been in a fallow, to, fallow time as if you're producing nothing, but then you begin to believe I'm a non-producer. 
And that's the way I will always be as a non-producer. But actually, you're, you've been fallow, and the Lord said it's, no lo- it's time to no longer be fallow. It's time to get up off of that thing. However, <laughs> dance till you feel better. That's right. <laughs> you could do that too. Dance for the Lord. That's one of them. And um, so I feel like this is the moment that God, God wants us to, to come to get, get it together, to start to wake up. And I feel like um, uh, in Psalm 110.3, it says, uh, his people will volunteer in the day of his appearing or in the day of his power. It really does say that. Psalm 110.3. And the thing is that I feel like uh, because the Lord is present, there's something about it that, dra- that draws this insp- in, uh, a sense of being inspired to start to do and to give and to be involved. And I feel that God is approaching. He's always close, but then sometimes he'll come close in a different kind of a way where you become activated, where you desire, begin to desire, desire to, how can I serve? How can I give? How can I learn? What can I do to step up to the plate and to be a part of something and be a part of what God is doing? How, you know, uh, who is it? President Kennedy. Um, how many of you remember, were alive during Kennedy's time? How many of you? Okay, how many of you weren't? <laughs> Most of you. <laughs> anyway, so I remember he said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Ask not what your church can do for you, but what you can do for the church. That's, the, that's what's upon us now. That's what's upon us now. Um, <clears throat> I feel like... Um, uh, when the when the presence of the Lord comes, when He comes, we become more excited, more enthusiastic about serving. I've noticed that when the Lord visited me, so the Lord visits everyone in a little bit different way and activates us or pulls us into activity and into serving Him in, in different kinds of ways. The Lord came to me and I heard His voice many, many, many years ago, and so He's been present in my life in such a way that I've been involved in ministry, a lot of ministry, for a few decades. That's what it's done. His presence in me has caused me to be active in the way that he was present in me. He may not be present like that in you, in each of you here, maybe some of you, he'll be present in that way. But he will. he is present in a way to bring you up and bring you forward and to begin to desire and thirst for the things that he wants you to do. So I feel like, um, like right now, uh, I feel like uh, he, I feel like he's just kind of brooding over us and he's just shaking us. He says, wake up, wake up, sleeper, wake up. I want you to wake up. I want you to wake up. Hello. Hello. 
That's the alarm clock. Time to wake up out of your slumber and out of your sleep. And, um, and to get out of neutral. I think some of us are in neutral and we're, we're waiting for something to happen. I'm, I'm waiting for the anointing to fall on me before I actually serve. You know? And I'm just thinking, you know what? That's the, like the wrong thinking. That maybe, maybe you'll feel the anointing. You'll feel like a flow of God on you. You might feel that, and that might motivate you. But if God is not flowing on you to motivate you, doesn't mean that he hasn't called you to the Great Commission. Doesn't mean that he hasn't called you to be loving and giving and generous and to be active in that way in your relationships with people. Um, I feel like uh, sometimes, you know, we say, well, you know, I I want someone to speak over my life and tell me what to do, you know. And I want want my horoscope from the church, (laughs) namely the prophetic, right? So that happens a lot. People will come to me and say, tell me what I'm supposed to do. He says, I don't know what to do. Should I move here or should I move over there? I go, I don't know. I don't care. I said, if, I, if the Lord tells me, I will, I will tell you. My job as a prophetic person is just to just call out the treasures that, in, that are in you and to bless you in your destiny. I, I can see God's power and anointing on you, and he sees you as a son. He sees you as a daughter and that you're special. You really are special and that you've got the goods. Every single one of us, and i just seen every single one of you, and I can see you like you're like a bag of gold. And you're filled with gold. Every single one of you is filled to overflowing with gold coins. And those gold coins are gifts. Gifts of the Holy Spirit. Gifts of God's presence. Like in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We've got those gifts. Some of you have the the, uh, some of you are called to the office of, uh, of, uh, of pastor, prophet, evangelist, uh, you know, apostle. Some of you are called to some of these offices, you know. And everyone has been given a measure of faith and grace. Every single one of you have. And I know some of you are thinking, nah, I haven't been given no measure, no nothing. <laughs> but you have. You can still love people. You can still serve. Here's this thing that's happening in Santa Cruz. You could be involved in that. Even if you can't go to it, how about, you know, you know, bringing all of the little shampoos that you get from, you know, hotels that you stay in and giving it to them to give or money or bags of food or whatever or clothing. You can do that kind of stuff. You have the anointing yeah, it's not like, there's not like all this, you know, I don't know what you call it, rays coming out from your head. <laughs> Do you see rays coming from my head? No. It's gray, gray, that's gray hair. It's the gray hair that's coming out of my head. That's what's coming out. If nothing else, um, you can pray. If nothing else, you can 
make somebody's life happy. You can, when you're at the store, is to be really nice to them and, and ask them, how's your day? Or when you're at the restaurant, is to say something beautiful. Bring some sunshine into people's lives. You can do that. And it doesn't require an amazing anointing to do that. God is already, like I said, he's already put his love in you. He's already, you're saved. You have been, you have the light of God's presence inside of you. You are, he says, you are my sunshine. That's what he says to each of you. You are my sunshine. And you are, you can bring other people, you are my sunshine to my people out there. That's what you are. You are my sunshine to them. Sounds like you are the salt of the earth, doesn't it? So um, I feel like, um, you know, sometimes I interact with uh, people, uh, you know, with a cl- my clients. I have to talk to their providers, their hosting. I do websites and stuff. And I, uh, there's this one uh, company that I talk to a lot is GoDaddy. You've probably heard of GoDaddy. So I know that they have staff in Iowa and in Tucson. So uh, this actually just recently happened, and I was just talking to them uh, for on behalf of the church, and um, I, I said, "Hi, how are you doing?" You know, and so here, before it used to be, uh, I have a complaint here. This is like too much money. I want you to adjust my bill. Thank you, you know. And it was just kind of I was more of a robot that way, and so. But this time, I just said. Am I talking to Iowa or Arizona? Oh, oh, this is Iowa. I said, oh, you get snow. I said, you, did you guys have, have snow for Christmas? Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't get any snow. He goes, oh, I'm so sorry you didn't get snow. But it's not all that it's built out to be. You know, it's really kind of a mess. I said, but still, it's beautiful. You know, that's really awesome. You get the weather. So I'm just talking to them. And by the way, you know, this bill that the, you know, Blazing Fire has, it's kind of like, expensive. I said, is there anything you can do? And I says, don't worry about it. Let me talk to my supervisor. Boom. He comes back, shaves off 200 bucks off the bill. I brought some sunshine to this person's life, right? Made their conversation fun and he reciprocated, right? So we can do that. You know, not necessarily people will always reciprocate the sunshine we bring into their lives because sometimes we might run into a sourpuss. But even a sourpuss needs some sunshine. Eventually, they melt. <laughs> and they become sweet. They become sweet pusses instead of sourpusses, I guess. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes. Oh. I think that... Um, There's a lot of things that you can do here in the church. What, you know, what can I do in the church? You know, there's uh, always uh, some kind of uh, logistical thing that needs to be taken care of. You know, if you want to do a home group, do a home group, volunteer to do that. If you want to be a hostess, be a hostess. There's little things that you can do. All that's part of your anointing. Little, some simple, prosaic things. Things that you think, ah, this is, you know, eh, you know, uh, so I can bake a pie, you know? And so, well, give me the pie, you know? <laughs> Uh-oh, cookie monster. <laughs> uh, 
But but seriously, you, we've all been give, given certain talents and abilities. Use them and give them to other people and step up to the plate. And eventually, who knows, you might find your way. It says man plans in his heart what he's going to do, but the Lord directs his steps. Right? So that's in Proverbs. And so... Um, <laughs> I just love being accurate with scripture. Anyway, Joel's looking it up. Anyway, it says, man plans in his heart what he's going to do, but the Lord directs his steps. So let's say you're just, you know, just helping with the chairs or picking up the garbage. And before you know it, all of a sudden, you start getting more things to do. And before you know it, you start getting more things to do. And before you know it, you're into a major ministry. It could very well happen that way, but it starts out with small things. It can start out with small, small things. Many, many years ago, what happened for me was I was uh, helping in this ministry with their mailing list. Uh, they had, it was just all in disarray, and it needed to be organized, and I just was able to organize it for them. Well, as it turns out, the job that I had that I was working at uh, I was uh, in a vault, a, f- a film vault, and where it was my responsibility to maintain that library. So there was just a lot of organizing, alphabetizing, and remembering numbers and everything. So here I'm in this ministry, and they're having like their mailing list was in a complete shambles. So I came in and helped to organize them. And while I was there working on it, the phone rings, and it was a counseling ministry, and the phone rings, and then the gal that I was working with was so busy. She said, I can't take that. Can you please take that call? So I said, oh, okay, oh, okay. <laughs> what do I know? You know, I was just, you know, fresh out of the world, fresh out of being a complete pagan. And so, uh, uh, so I started to talk to the person on the, on the phone. I said, oh, yeah, God really loves you. And, He's forgiven you. Don't worry. Everything is going to be fine. You know, somehow I was counseling this person, and the gal that, uh, that was there, um, she was so impressed with how I had handled the situation, she recommended that I be brought on full-time staff within this counseling ministry. And that eventually turned into me becoming a pastor and being ordained and so on and so forth, and therefore I'm here, Right. So it's that whole thing of just stepping. I was just all I was doing was volunteering, sorting stuff. You just never know what God will do, right? But the thing was that I I was out of I had moved out of neutral and I was doing something and God steered the ship while I was doing things. He steered it. So the Lord steers us. He steers us into where He wants us. And, uh, you know, we, we, go through, we go through seasons. And so, um, uh, so I feel like the Lord is, uh, is, is calling each of us to think about a way that we can serve, even if you're just praying. It just says, what does it say in, Col- it's in Colossians? There's a scripture in Colossians. Did you know that? Anyway, yeah, there is. Colossians 3.24 and it's basically, you know, serving the Lord. That all our service is to the Lord and not to man. And that the Lord sees in secret and we repay it in secret. So that kind of a thing. 
So our service is to the Lord, and he sees what we're doing. Your prayer can make a big difference. I always tell people, I said, if you want to see a miracle, pray for me. And big things happen in my life. When, when I ask people to pray for me, big things happen. Amazing things in my life. Imagine that. You, who have probably not had a whole lot of training in anything at all, and you pray for me, and something amazing happens in me. In other words, you didn't have to have a huge anointing. You just had to have that relationship with Jesus and just have his ear. And we all have his ear as children, right? So even if you're just praying, that's all. Now, I'm sharing this thing about exhorting you not to recruit you to serve Blazing Fire or serve the church. I I don't want to do that to you. I'm not going to. I don't. I that's not what's happening here. I feel like this is the hour of God's appearing in the church, not only for blazing fire, but for the whole body. This is the time of his appearing, and it is coming. It's coming. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And it's time to start practicing. Start to get, get yourself in the harness. Get yourself Get yourself going. Get yourself, you know, in the starting blocks. You know, when they do running, you know, when they do the sprinting and stuff, you know, the Olympics and they're running around and whatever. They have these blocks that they put down and where they put their feet in it and then they push off of those, these starting blocks. And so that's what the Lord is saying. Get in the starting blocks and get ready. Get poised. Engage. This is the time to Engage. This is the time to not be passive. This is the time to quit your crying and get over it and move forward. Now, I know that sometimes people, I, I, um, uh, uh, you, uh, for some of you that you've done ministry, you might be discouraged and say, I don't want to do ministry anymore. It doesn't do any good. I prayed and prayed and prayed, and nobody gets healed. And so... Uh, Okay, however, the results are basically, I mean, the whole thing about praying for someone was not about you. It was about them. It wasn't about you being satisfied that you prayed for them and you, that you saw something amazing. You know, the Lord sees in secret, you know, we're just called to be obedient. Just be obedient. And we're not guaranteed to see the results at all. You're just not. But the thing is that you could be that drop, uh, like a drop, uh, not a drop in the bucket, a drop in, in that person's cup. And that person's coming, I need prayer for my kidneys. And you pray for them, nothing happens. However, you put a drop of love into their cup. And eventually that cup is going to overflow for healing for them. You're making an investment, Right? But the thing is that I know that some of you are thinking, yeah, I like, you know, I'm a results-oriented person, and I like to see things because I feel more happy. Well, of course we all do. But the thing is that the Lord sees in secret. He repays in secret. So you do your part, even if, no, if, you, even if you get no thanks from anyone or, or you don't see results or anything, but the Lord will repay. And how does he repay you? It could be very well one night you're going to sleep and you hear the Lord very clearly say, I love you. Good night. 
that could be your little reward. It's like, wow, the presence of the Lord. He visited me. Or he could just show you something beautiful in his creation. Or you could get a huge discount somewhere, right? Or everyone around you gets a cold except you. All right. You know? <laughs> he might make you immune to, do, do you understand, or make stuff last for a long time, right? So I guess I must have done a lot of secret things and secret, you know, for my life because my car has 300, almost 330,000 miles on it. And it still drives like, like a dream. It looks like hell. <laughs> yes. The girls always look the other way when they see my car coming. Oh, well. Oh, well. I know that, uh, you know, um, this whole thing of, gro- uh, uh, so we're all, kind of, we're growing, we're on a journey and you're growing. You're not going to instantly be the evangelist or the missionary or the pastor or the whatever, the administrator or the, you know, head of some kind of ministry of whatever, that it's a journey. You're, you're on a journey to it and you're learning little steps along the way until you get there. And um, so, uh, but a lot of us, they, we, we just want to you know, suddenly be mature. Boom. I'm a pastor. All right. Whereas the day before, you were just a schlepper watching TV every day. And then all of a sudden, you're like this amazing pastor. This doesn't work that way. But that's how we think. That's really how, how we think. But again, back to this whole thing of like, let the re- Lord reward you in secret. Look at the things that he's doing for you. All the little things. Or that just that perfect word from a friend. Or a, a friend comes and hugs you at that right moment. You know? And it's, that's, got, that's the reward. So we get all those little rewards. And once in a while, yeah, we're going to see something spectacular happen from time to time. I would say in all the years that I've prayed for people for healing... I would say, uh, out of all the times that I've laid hands on people and prayed for healing, that I have actually seen maybe 10 to 20% of them have some kind of result. That's it. And I've been in ministry for how long? For like close to three decades, right? So I've prayed for thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I've ministered to thousands and, you know, meetings like this big meetings, you know, and just call down the Holy Spirit to bring healing. And just a small percentage that I've actually seen things happen. And so that's, so it's kind of, it's unreasonable. And and statistically, that would be kind of true. But um, so it's unreasonable to always expect huge results from the things that you're doing. Back to the the Great Commission, what's he called us to do is just to go and do what he, do what he's showing you. Love as I have loved you. Forgive just as I have forgiven you. Just keep doing those kinds of things. That's what he's calling you to do. And I feel like he's going to really, but I feel like 
um, he's just saying, I'm, I'm going to be floating your boat, man. It's coming. It's, it's, it's right around the corner. It's time to get activated. It's time to... Um, it's, it's, it's time. So I feel like... Um, um, uh, we, all of us are on a destiny. Psalm 139, it talks about he knew our days before we were even born. Psalm 139. So he knows our destiny. And in our destiny... Within our, our destiny walk, there's a destiny chair, right? So, and we sit down. And sometimes within, our, within the destiny, you have to sit down while you're on your destiny walk, right? You have to stop. Go fallow for a little bit. And I feel, okay, it's now it's time, ladies and gentlemen. It's now time, children, that's what the Lord is saying, to get up off of the destiny seat and now to get on the destiny road that's what he's calling us to do right now I really really very strongly recommend that you really consider this very seriously is to get up it's time to get up on the road get up on your destiny road and just keep on knocking and keep on asking and keep on seeking Lord what can I do how can I serve where can I give who can I love where how can I make a difference how can I do it, Lord? Show me what to show me what direction to go in here, and so um, make it clear. Give me wisdom and understanding. And I feel like um, you are more than the sum of who you are. You are a world changer. You're more than just just for you, your little private little life. You are a world changer and a world affector. That's the bigger picture here. We're, you're part of a bigger picture. And I think it's easy for us to forget that we are part of a bigger picture and uh, that we have an, an amazing destiny up ahead for us. You know, what's really kind of interesting is um, I remember um, I got involved with, uh, with um, um, uh, Vineyard Christian Fellowship. And um, with, with Vineyard, there was this huge... Um, Move of God. Hold on just a minute. Mm. There was... Uh, <laughs> that was really good. All right. It's actually mint, Metro Mint water. And it's ice cold in my swell bottle. Um, this Joel, Joel gave this to me for Christmas. It's like... It's a fancy little, it's like a thermos thing, but it's awesome. It keeps everything ice cold. But anyway, Vineyard Christian Fellowship. <laughs> it's called a swell bottle. Swell. Yes. Swell indeed. Um, in 1984, the Holy Spirit was um, moving and waking everybody up. So it became everybody ministry. Every, the whole thing was the clergy. It's not the clergy's responsibility to do everything. In other words, it's time to stop being a spectator and stop waiting just only for the leaders to do things. And so everyone was being equipped. So there was this whole thing about equipping the saints. 
So everyone's activated to pray, learning the five-step five prayer model that almost killed me. It's actually... <laughs> so there is that, the whole, that prayer model. That, and, and, and just this whole thing of power evangelism, in other words, going out and when you're uh, evangelizing people, that you're praying for them and showing, mir- showing miracles to them the presence and the power of God, all that kind of stuff. So the work, everyone, everyone's practicing it, right? And so then, so everyone's doing this and learning. And then um, eventually uh, what happened was um, then there was a lull in it. People started getting kind of, the, the kind of a lull. And then all of a sudden the renewal hit. But we all knew what to do during the renewal. Everyone knew how to pray because they had practiced it beforehand. Do you understand? So they, got, they, they were prepared for this new move. So everyone, anyone could, you could, anyone could lay hands on someone and see them fall over. How many of you saw that? How many of you? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. And so it was, it was incredible. But that's what the Lord wants, to, wants for us. He wants you to start practicing now for because the big thing is the big thing is coming and you want to be ready you want to be you want to be in the starting blocks right you want to be in the you know how the horses they get in that what's it called the chamber thing when the you know when yeah. at the gate that's it i'm not saying that your horses i'm just saying get in the starting gate because the the bell is about to ring the the gunshot is about to go kablam and then you're going to take off so I feel like that's what he's calling each of us to do and to, and, and to wake up. And I, I really feel this whole thing about, you know, uh, being discouraged by not seeing results. If you've been serving in the past and you haven't seen results or the pastor hasn't loved you enough because you were serving, all that kind of stuff, you know. If you were discouraged by that, it's time to let that go. And to stop being dependent on other people to be your mommy and your daddy in this. If we're looking to the pastor and the leader to be our mommy and our daddy to always, you know, you know they're there, everything's okay, and oh, you're so wonderful. What a blessing you are. I noticed that you, you know, I, I noticed how you picked up that Kleenex over there. That's just, the church is so blessed by, you know. Forget it, you know. It's kind of like, you know, our service is unto the Lord. Our service is unto the Lord, not unto the pastor or the leader. Serve the Lord with all your heart and just get, give your all. Don't hold anything back, you know, and stop whining and complaining. Stop whining and complaining and crying because the leaders aren't blessing you or, or haven't blessed you or haven't given you accolades or haven't raised you up or anything like that. Forget that. Just put that off to the side. Just put it over here. It's not important. For all you know, the Lord has been befuddling that, that he's been part of that to discourage you from relying on people. He said, I am the Lord. Make me first. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I am the first. He says, I don't want, I want if you want to go crying and complaining and whatever and whining, come to me. Come to Papa with your whining and your complaining. Don't bring it to other people. Because if you do, people will avoid you and make it even worse. <laughs> they will. 
You know, it's kind of like, how many of you like to interact with people that whine a lot, right? And they're clingy and whiny. It's just kind of like, ah, you know. I said, I said, nobody likes that. But the Lord, he has the patience for that. <laughs> he really does. I feel like the Lord is just saying, I want to be first in everything. You know, and like I shared earlier about the intimacy with him, he says, I, I want the intimacy with me to be the most important thing. And it, let it be our little private thing together. Just bring everything to me, you know. And so, um, um, you know, that, that song that you were singing about, Wrap, wrap Me in Your Love, or, in your arms. I really love that song about wrap me in your arms. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I feel like uh, what I'd like to do is, oh my God. Um, uh, what I'd like to do is I want to pray for you and um, ask the Lord to uh, to prime the pump. So is, I feel like your, your pump needs to be primed. You got some air in it. <laughs> You got some air in it, so it's not sucking properly, you know? It's not pulling the fuel if there's air in it, you know what I mean? So we need to, like, prime that pump and get you flowing again. So the Lord, what he does is he, he'll prime us, and he'll, he'll start, he'll inspire us and put things in us. But in the end, we need to be proactive and get up and start doing something. When the Lord primes us, when he's priming us, Get up and do something. Don't just, you know, just wait for the, uh, okay, that felt good being primed. Uh, Lord, can you prime me again, you know? Ah, oh, do it again, you know? Oh, all right, I feel happy. Do it again, Lord. Prime the pump again, you know? And then we start looking for a pump primers, you know what I mean? <laughs> Always looking for a blessing from somebody, you know? And But the thing is that the Lord is saying, let me inspire you, let me fill you, let me blow upon you and get up and start to move. And so that's what the Lord does. And, and a lot of us are feeling, well, I don't know what to do. What, what can I, there's so many things that I could do. I could serve it. I could evangelize. I could go to the thing in Santa Cruz. I could, maybe I could pray. I don't know. What should I do, Lord? What should I do? And the Lord is saying, whatever you do, I'll be with you. It's like the Lord's not going to dictate our, he's not going to dictate our walk. He's not going to dictate everything. And we want our lives dictated, but he's saying, no, he delights in us making choices. He delights in that. He delights in, he respects us enough for us to make our own choices for ourselves. And he really enjoys that. The Lord showed me, he said it was it's an adventure to him. It's exciting. He has joy and and seeing what we choose and how we grow. And he, in, he's there, he influences. Yeah, he's kind of influencing, you know, uh, kind of guiding a little bit here and there, you know what I mean? He adds little things along the way to guide us along the way. But not to, not to uh, 
take, take over our freedom of choice and doesn't violate our sovereignty, you know. Once in a while, he does have to, you know, like if we're, you know, being stupid, he might... Oh, I remember one time I was... Uh, I had fallen away from the Lord, and I was driving my car home from the bar, and I was completely bombed out of my gourd, completely bombed out of my gourd, right? And it was raining, and then I had to turn, make a sharp turn onto the freeway, and the car started to spin out. And all of a sudden, I found myself steering the wheel very quickly, rapidly, this way and that way, and this way and that way, and got out of the fishtail and went straight. And I didn't crash into the wall. Here was this big wall coming at me. And there is no way. I didn't, I, I, I'm not evil Knievel, let me tell you. <laughs> I did not know that, you, that, that all the maneuvers that I was doing was the maneuvers you would do to get out of a fishtail. It was God. God took over at that moment, right? I mean, so sometimes he'll rescue us in that way, you know? You know but for the most part, he's not going to uh, manipulate or inter- intervene um, uh, in unrealistic ways, but anyway, that's another talk altogether. I don't want to start going down that path. Anyway, let's bring that, bring it back, bring it back. Okay, so I'm going to pray for you. And so, how many of you feel, if you feel like you want the Lord to prime your pump, reprime your pump? I want you to stand up. I'm not saying that if you don't stand up, that you don't want your pump. <laughs> but you feel that this message is for you. Okay. Whoa, can you feel it? I can just already feel it. Just want you to close your eyes, put your arms out, just kind of hands out, assume the position. Father, I just thank you. I just thank you, Father, that you took the initiative that while we were yet sinners, you died on the cross for us because you see us as special and valuable and precious. And I just thank you that each one of these people here is precious and valuable. And I ask, Lord, that you would, right now, I just break off the power of discouragement in any way where you have served in the past and you got discouraged or you felt hurt or whatever, or you got sick and tired of being sick and tired, or you just kind of got bored or whatever, whatever it is, whatever it is that just kind of made you feel stale, I break, break that off of you right now, and I ask for a refreshing a vision, a refreshing Holy Spirit come and refresh your people. Take the thinking, take the stinking thinking out and replace it, Father. Thank you, Father. More. More, more of you. Uh, we're just going to wait and just let the Lord just talk to you. Thank you, Lord. Some of you had a dream. You had a dream, and it's just kind of fallen apart or fallen to the side. I want you to lift that dream up to the Lord and see what he does with it. Whoa. Thank you, Father. We just lift this dream up to you, this fallen dream. We just give it to you right now, Father.
you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Father, as, as you take this dream, Father, I ask that you would just speak to your people. Let them speak to you right now. I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to let them speak to you. Father, I ask, Lord, that you would just heal hearts where there's been disappointment in serving. I ask that you would just heal hearts right now where people have, you might have felt betrayed or ripped off in some way or ignored or hurt in whatever way. And I ask, Lord, that you would just touch those and touch and heal and restore I feel like the Lord is just saying, I'm not here to, I'm not here to use you. I'm not here to, to, to use you and abuse you. I'm here to honor you. I'm here to bless your destiny. I'm here to see you grow. I feel like he's saying, be a lover. Be a compassionate spreader. Be, be my sunshine to the world. I feel like he's saying every little bit helps. Every little bit is important to me, a treasure. Every little thing you do is a treasure to me. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so concludes my ch- my talk.